out there in Star Wars, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the characters, details, places, things, and concepts from that galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Mac, and I'm joined by my second pair of hands, Ross. Mac, it is great to be back here today, being your extra two arms. Um, I promise you that while you're shooting back at the bad guys, I will, in fact, have time to make a drink with my other two arms. We are very good and coordinated in that yes. way, aren't we? Is it ambidextrous when you have four arms, or is it something else? I think it would be ambidextrous, because I think ambidextrous means you're just dexterous with all hands. Okay. I, don't, I think it's just ambi, as in, like... Like an M, I don't know. Yes, I have no idea what that's uh, what what that is. I don't know if it's. Of. I don't know if it means two or if it means all. It's not omni, right? We'll say you're omnidextrous. See, that's I don't what know I if that's was. A yes. word, but we are talking about four-armed creatures because we're talking about Rio Durant, voted on by you, the people. Isn't that crazy how that works? We sprinkle in a little democracy to Star Wars All In. And uh, we had, I think, uh, 12 people vote on this Twitter poll. So it was unannounced. It was out of the blue. It was up for a short period of time. This time, uh, or next time, I should say, we'll announce it. So keep an ear out for that. Yeah, just follow us on Twitter Maybe at the end of the show. Because Twitter has polls, so that's the only place we're going to put it. (laughs) Yes. So, um, but yeah, yes. we, we put up some ideas, um, as we've talked the last couple of weeks, uh, it's been rough kind of getting back to some semblance of normal. So we're sort yeah. of like flying by the seat of our pants yeah. right now. But, uh, thanks to you folks, you decided that the more obscure character from that list was going to be the one. So we did some research and we're very excited to talk about this great addition to Star Wars. Absolutely. Everybody loves Rio. Uh, everybody loves Solo, or at least that's what I tell myself in my head. And we are ready to talk about it. All right. So we're going to talk about our four-armed, very, very dexterous, very, very flexible <laughs> pilot from Solo, a Star Wars story right after this. Welcome to a new type of Star Wars All In. Oh, okay. A type of Star Wars All In, where the topic is decided by the people, not by you or I, but by them, the others, yes. everybody as, else, everybody but us. Yes, as we discussed, democracy has come to Star Wars All In. Democracy. Uh, and I think it is fair to say that it has worked out well. Because the character I put in that I wanted to discuss that I thought had no shot of winning has won, was victorious. If you don't know what we're talking about, today we are discussing Rio Durant, the character from Solo, a movie that Mac and I both have a lot of passion for, and a character that is a lot of fun and, um, you know, has a lot... uh, of his life that we don't know about him, but we do actually have a fair amount for a single movie character. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, So if you didn't get a chance to see, we did have a poll up for a couple of days about voting for what the topic for this week would be. Uh, Head over to star Wars all in and follow us uh, on Twitter. 
there under that name and uh you will see any future polls that we do for any more characters but rio durant beats out mace windu <laughs> Django Fett beats out snoke beats out Django fett now someone did uh tweeted us and say uh that he meant to cast a vote for someone else and it technically would have made rio tie with snoke if that vote had been cast the way that it did. So maybe we'll include Snoke in the next poll as the runner-up, as a, uh, you know, he gets yeah, to play I, back in maybe next time we try this. Yeah, uh, we'll, we talked about that a little bit at the top of the show, and we'll talk about a little bit more at the end of, like, our plans for yeah. including more of the people's voice here. <laughs> um, but it is, yeah, it, it, we've pinballed into a weird place. Like, when you used to be like, hey, the poll got done, I'm like, oh, cool, who won? <laughs> Rio Durand. I'm like, I got to go do some research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so excited because Rio is a character. All of the solo characters really, uh, with the exception of Han and Kira, really all kind of appear preemptively and in addition to solo in the same places. There right. isn't a whole lot of them. So um, besides the canon stuff, which we're about to talk about, mm -hmm. there is some sort of like in Galaxy Adventures and a few of the real young reader uh, things. There yeah. is a little more Rio story out there, but we're just going to focus really today on the stuff that fits into his big overarching story. So we are going to talk about Rio in Solo, and we're also going to talk about Rio in the Beckett One-Shot, the single yeah. Marvel issue comic that is a really fun little story about uh, Beckett, Rio, and Val. So spoilers for those two things ahead. Let's get into it, Mac. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So the, for the first part, because a lot of this information just comes from, uh, you know, the source books, the Star Wars Data Bank online, um, you know, I'm just going to read it uh, verbatim from Wikipedia because they, I can't really explain it any better because uh, all of these things are very straightforward and simple, okay? Uh, okay? Because they don't exist in any actual real form of canon other than someone who works for Lucasfilm typed them into a computer one day, okay? All right. So you, yeah. So <laughs> this is all basically stuff that isn't in these two source material things we're talking about. Okay. So Rio is a veteran of Freedom's Sons, an independent army which assisted the Republic during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But because this army paid no pension, that's a really fun and weird detail to have in here, right? Rio turned to a life of crime for income and applied his military skills to said crime. At some point during his time of crime, he tried to steal a speeder from Beckett, and they were impressed by his cunning. Yeah, he and Val and stopped him. Brought him into their crew. Yeah, because what we know about him is he's he's a pilot. We know that. Yep. Uh, he is an Ardinian. 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 Yep. That's how that's how Favreau pronounces it as Rio, by okay. the way, which is another fun thing that uh, you know before he was a Star Wars household name for the Mandalorian, he voiced Rio in Solo. John well, Favreau. It's funny. John Favreau showed his true colors by being pre Vizsla, which was just that, just a cameo. And then meanwhile, while he's making Lion King, he comes over to do some of the voice acting and face capture for <laughs> for this character while in secret building the Mandalorian. 
He's a busy guy. Huge. Huge. It's kind of great to uh, see that evolution now in full swing. And, you know, I think we're all pretty confident that even once the Mandalorian comes to whatever conclusion it's going to, that Favreau will still be around Star Wars in some way. Favreau is a great addition to Star Wars. He's got such a good command of like this. I mean, he showed that when he did Iron Man. He's like he knows how to bring fandom stuff to an audience through cutting the stuff that isn't necessary, you know. It's very good at, at getting to the heart of things. I, I love one of my favorite memes that's come around with The Mandalorian is, uh, you know, a picture that's captioned John Favreau and Dave Filoni during a Mandalorian writing session. And it's just two little kids playing with like their Hoth action figures. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I see it. Like the, the, these folks get it. So he is um, immortalizes this character who is this very acrobatic four limbed alien another great example of using cg to create a creature that couldn't easily exist otherwise um and and putting him in very lifelike situation you know you know the environments we're going to see this character in uh the cg works well and they also use some fun little tricks to hide some of the cg which we'll talk about here too um and so that's kind of what we know is he's a good pilot and like you said they add this little thing of like yeah i fought with freedom sons you know Sure. The Freedom Sons. Yeah, that, that Clone Wars episode, uh, right? You're going to have this weird uh, ghost-like effect where you think maybe you missed that, but you didn't. Uh, we'll also just say that it. Uh, I love the idea of you said, like, they don't have a pension. Like, all I could think of was like, um, yeah, so uh, thanks for fighting for the Republic. You are now occupied by the Empire. Um, change your credits in uh, for real credits over there. And, um, yeah, this army's disbanded. Oh my god, we literally just saw that in the Bad Batch, didn't we? Uh-huh. Literally, convert your two Imperial credits for free. They're going to be counting as the same. Except Don't your mind money that they're not dead. on the gold standard, it's fine. It's a fiat currency. No, but I like the idea of like, it's like, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a pension. I assume it's a, they didn't have a pension because, yeah, they disbanded you and uh, you're an alien army, so we don't need you, the Empire, so go... um. But we really don't care what happens yeah, you, to you. You do not fit into the armor. Sorry. Well, you. Well, he'll show them. Won't I was he? to say, yeah, he will show them. <laughs> All um, right. So let's. So again, that's all the information for the yeah. data bank. Um, do you want to go chronological, or do you Let, want to go? Let's appearance? go chronological. Okay. Yeah. So the first time we really get to uh, see Rio in action here is in the Beckett one shot, which does precede the solo film. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, right? Obviously. Uh, if you've seen Solo. Uh, uh. Uh, you okay. know that most of his story has to be Kura beforehand. Yeah, exactly. So in Solo, there are some hints about, you know, Beckett and the gang having a history with Ryan Voss. Well, this is part of that history. So we open up here on a cantina. And we see a character that we know is Rio, right? Because we have that kind of forehand knowledge, uh, beforehand knowledge. And we see Rio here, and he's playing. He's playing uh, at a table here. It's gambling, right? Right. And all of a sudden, a shadowy figure walks through the door, hooded, hood up, you know, face not to be seen. Rio looks at him in panic. Master, I'm sorry. I didn't know. His master says. You have my winnings. You brought them here. You've lost them. Reaches a hand out and force chokes Rio to death. Which is fun. Which is fun, right? Which is fun. Fun for everyone. Everybody else in the cantina runs out in a panic. Everybody's scared of this guy in this hood. And as they do, everybody starts to laugh. 
as uh, Beckett reveals himself from underneath the hood and uh, tells Rio that was your best death yet. <laughs> so they uh, right away here have a nice haul right off the bat from a quick little scam that uh, is great, right? This is a great way to introduce us to the characters. These uh, con men. Yeah, it's a simple, fun kind of, I don't know, classic simple scam. Doesn't require stealing a heavy machinery. A yeah, it, it's, it's a nice just like, it's like this would be an episode of Space Cheers. <laughs> you know, like this is before before the credits little just like one off joke cold open. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is like Harry the Magician turned up a notch. You know, it's uh, I like it. Um, I think his name was Harry. It's it's I been it's, it's been a it's been a while. Sounds right. All right. I think it is. This is um, cheers all in. We're good. Yeah. Oh, oh one day maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, OK, so it's great. Right. And there's this and Val's there, of course, too. She's the one who's like getting everybody to run, like encouraging the crowd. She's the plant right. in all of this. Uh, it really, really is a great opening. And the art here is really, really fantastic in the book. The cool thing is the book is split into three, a single issue split into three acts, and the art style shifts and changes between each. It's really, really fun. Uh, it's really just a beautiful book here, too. I have it here, Mac. If you want to take a look at it, I brought my copy down. Aww. But it really is just, it's gorgeous, right? And so the anyway, we get into this, and they realize they're gathering the credits because they're preparing for a bigger job. Uh, Beckett understands that Dryden Voss is getting a shipment of blank ID chips, and they're going to essentially try and steal them, intercept them, and resell them. Right. Right. Which, again, the Bad Batch has just revealed how important those are. Yes, because blank ID chips are hard to come by, as Beckett says here, uh, and they're getting harder and harder to come by. So they're trying to track down a guy who has information about where to get the blank ID chips. They uh, end up fight <laughs> fighting a sea monster. Rio has some good moments throughout the book. But really, it's just, you know, uh, some action moments. There is a great moment where he's uh, making a drink while fighting a giant sea monster because as he quotes well i only have two blasters i can do something with the other two hands <laughs> you know don't think within your own limitations beckett uh really really good moment but we don't really get to see a ton of rio just you know just being part of the group being part of the you know uh being part of the gang not really well, any defining things for his character other than some general comic relief yeah, he's he's snarky. He's got a, a good sense of humor. And I think out of all of them, he's the happiest. <laughs> and kind-hearted in yeah. a way. But, like, none of them seem, like, Beckett is the most, like, ooh, like, well, growling well, criminal. Like, they Beckett, all seem pretty, like, chill. Beckett has a chip in his shoulder. Yeah. Beckett definitely has, especially when we mostly spend the time we have with in Solo because things have gone very bad for him. Yeah. But, like, he's definitely got the jaded, cynical view. Yeah. And then Val is just it's a very practical. serious person. She's practical, yeah. She's like, well, kill him if we have to, but don't if we don't. Like, just very, yeah. very simple, very matter of fact. So that leaves Rio to be a little bit more personable, a little bit more of, like, a character, a little bit less of a stereotype, I think. You know, he is that yeah. comic relief character, but he is also just, like, uh, multi-tool. You know, he can fit into different roles. And it's really great. It, he's a, And he's a fun design. Have we ever seen... 
this species before. I, I can't place so. it. I didn't actually. I meant to look that up beforehand. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm remembering I didn't. No, uh, I'm pretty sure we have not. Okay, well, I can vamp while you check on that. Uh, so, uh, Rio, you know, in the comic, they end up um, making their way to uh, to getting the chips, right? They, they have their hands on these blank ID chips. They think they're going to make it away. And who shows up mm-hmm. but Enfys Nest, right? Yeah, so their favorite. They're not able to successfully steal the chips for, for Dryden. They're not able to successfully steal the chips and resell them to someone else because Enfys shows up, stops them, a fight ensues, they blow up the ship that has the ID chips on it, destroying the ships, uh, destroying the ship and the chips. Boy, that's harder to say than you'd think. Ships and ships. Chips and ships. Chips and ships. Chips and ships. Ships and ships. for ships. Yes. And they're both destroyed. Now Beckett <laughs> wants to stay and fight. He wants to finish Enfys off for good. But Val says this isn't the time or the place. She drags him away. Rio's with him. And they live on to fight another day. Right. Now, even though it's only a single issue, I got to say it is one of the most, in my opinion, beautifully illustrated Star Wars comics that is out there. Uh, and if you have a chance to get a hard copy of one, I highly recommend it. I found mine at my local half price store. Uh, so check it out. They are out there. Actually, I might have had to order this one. Never mind. But anyway, you can find it, too. It's a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. Let's get into Rio in the movie. Yes. So. This is really really where we get introduced to Rio. This is where we get to meet him for the first time, because I don't think the comic came out till after, if I remember correctly. Uh, so, we're on Min- Minban. Han's had a rough three years. A muddy, muddy. Love of his life gets left behind on Corellia. Take it into who knows what with the White Worms. Gets to fly some Imperial ships until they take them away from him for him being too good at his job. Having a mind of his own. Uh, But the problem was, it's just too good. They couldn't. They couldn't. They were getting shown up. That's why. Well, I mean, can't have that. Can't have free thinkers in the Imperial Academy. So he ends up in the infantry, ends up in the mud of Minban, fighting a war that no one really understands or that doesn't make sense. And in the heat of the battle, thinks he's going to die, comes a hero. Uh, spinning his guns around in a almost comical way in the middle of a war zone, but nonetheless taking out, uh, as the rest of the imps call them, hostiles, right, uh, with efficiency and accuracy and precision. And this is how Han is introduced to the gang that well, is led by Beckett and it includes our character of the day, Rio. And he's pretty stoked because this... Uh... This commander comes in and wipes it all out, and it's good to have a high-ranking officer here. <laughs> That's right. So they all hunker down, uh, you know, on the underside of a ridge. And Rio, the first time we get to hear him speak, even though he is completely covered in uh, um, armor. trooper armor. Mac, did you find, by the way, Ardinians? Have we seen them before, or is this first time? Uh, this is the first appearance. First, that's what it's. I thought. Okay, great. Thank you for confirming. Yep. So we're here, and Rio gets the first line of, hey, Beckett. You said we were here to do a quick job. This isn't a quick job. This is a war. <laughs> and it's re- right off the bat, getting that good comic relief, even though we can't see him, we think he's just another human or human-like figure underneath that armor. 
And uh, I, you know, at first I wouldn't have picked him out as John Favreau no. unless I knew going in, you know, that that was that character voiced by that actor. Right. What did you think when we were sitting there watching it? Oh no, I was taking everything at very face value. I didn't realize it was John Favreau until kind of the middle when he's piloting the ship. I think is when it clicked. Yeah. But I'm like, that couldn't be pre Vizsla. <laughs> Not Mac's favorite named character in all of Star Wars. No, uh, literally my least favorite named character in all of Star Wars. So anyway. they survive the night. They make it through under Beckett's leadership. Captain Beckett's leadership, Cap- right? Captain. Captain. I love that scene. Dude, so that's one they're... of my favorite lines. Is like, like, well, who's in charge here? You are, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the rest of the gang just go like, yeah, Beckett, you're in charge. Oh, he's got you there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's another Rio bit. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they're back at camp the next morning, it looks like, or whatever. And uh, Han approaches them and says, hey, I-, I realize you guys are, you know, maybe not all you seem. I want to join you. And Rio's line here is basically stick to soldiering, kid. You don't want any part of this, which I think is interesting because, you know, Rio, we're going to see in a little bit. He does have, you know, maybe the most kind of tender side out of all three of these characters. And with a little bit of history, we know of him knowing him that he did fight on the side of the Republic and all of that during the war and was not a a criminal or anything like that until later on when the, you know, the man sort of smacked him down and left him there. Unlike the other characters you can assume sort of were born into this life. Like he ended up, he ended up here. He had a good life before this. So is that, you know, I, I was I found this line maybe out of everything he says in the movie to be one of the most interesting because what is it here? Is he just is this just a one off of him like saying, Hey, leave us alone, kid? Is this him actually saying, like, you really don't want any part of this life? I know this seems bad where you are, but getting in with this is worse. Yeah. Or is it just uh we're full up? you know, moving on out type of thing. I think it could be any of those. I think my interpretation is definitely just a little bit more of, uh, hey, kid, you don't want part of this. Trust me. Like, I've been on both sides of this coin. You Being a scoundrel sucks worse. It's more fun, <laughs> but it sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... And I love that Han has... I think that's has, all fair. I love Han has, has him dead to rights, though. I love the fact that he's the one who's, who's like, well, unless the... Let your friend there figure out we'll put it in his other two hands or whatnot. Like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get to see as as they're walking away. You know, we see Rio's hands poke out of the back and lift up his pants, and you know, Han makes a comment about how he's an Ardinian, and yeah. he goes, "No, I am a trooper for real." <laughs> yeah. It's all very, very good, and so Han, you know, gets uh, thrown into the pit with the beast, makes a lifelong friend. And then uh, gets uh, out of the pit and does make it back to the load lifter that Rio and company are stealing. So we're in the cockpit of the load lifter, which is this big, yeah, this big, big thing that basically is going to allow our, uh, I don't know if you'd call them heroes or villains, but our main characters to try and steal from the Empire. Our scoundrels. When we get up into the cockpit, Rio reveals himself to not be a human or a trooper, as he claims, but to be <gasps> an Ardinian. A uh, blue, almost monkey-looking, four-armed creature, relatively short, um, relatively small and thin. But, I, I mean, monkey-like is really, I think... Very flexible, the... very fluid in his movements. Yes, yes. Four arms, and, well, plus two feet, right? So, yeah, six appendages total, and can really 
move and uh you know we'll see him kind of hang from things he jumps up and is holding himself up just by you know a single arm and moving around so definitely has lots of control over his movements with yes. all four of his arms and has very uh good control over his body weight Lip, limb uh awareness limb itless well, no. Is that what you were saying? No, limb awareness. Right, right, right. That's like a term for like dancers and stuff who can tell where their limbs are, even if they're not "quote unquote" looking at them. They can just really very feel their bodies. Really? Yeah. Huh. Who knew? Well, one of the interesting things is I looked a little bit up because the name just I I had to know more is uh, Katie Cartwheel is the circus performer who did all the in person stunt work, like the the moving around the ship so that they could, you know, then map the CG character on. Yeah. Um, and she's a, a circus performer, body contortionist, acrobat, all that kind of stuff. And wow. did all those movements in, you know, so they had something to play against, but also so they had something to CG mocap. Yeah, that's really, really cool. And an amazing name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, people who can move their bodies this way, like, what's crazy is, yes, Obviously, not additional limbs, but, like, amazing how much a human can move around like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if Andy Serkis has taught us anything, a human can be whatever they want to be. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. Uh, This is truly amazing. Thank you. That is a factoid I did not know. Uh, So we get Han and Chewie running up to the shuttle, and Rio is really the main voice of four, you know, voting in their favor. Val is very much the angel on Beckett's shoulder of, no, we don't want them. No, we don't need them. No, we can get Bosker the Zan sisters, as she'll say later. And Rio's like, well, you know, all of that is true, but we could use some muscle on a job like this. Have you ever tried... To uh, dis oh th- that's later but uh, I sorry I don't I, wouldn't, I don't want to give away all of Rio's gold but you know he's <laughs> the one speaking up for him here you will never have a deeper sleep than curled up in a Wookie lap <laughs> I love his little local accent to uh, exotized version of Wookie yeah uh, it's so good really really good so Beckett you know has a change of heart lets him onto the ship and after a really awkward shower between Han and Chewie we end up uh going for a job. We're doing a big job. We're yeah, scouting out the Convex robbery. Yeah, it's all worked out. They've got the muscle they need for this job, and uh, the Wookiee brought his pet. <laughs> yeah, a little mangy kid. Yeah. But yeah. they say he's a pilot. I don't know. We could use a backup, maybe. <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Korea's like, I mean, we don't, but, you know, what if we did? Yeah, as soon as a backup pilot gets brought in, you know you're closer to retirement, right? Yeah, well, but maybe, maybe this is the one score, the one job to... <laughs> Oh, my God. As all this foreshadowing music plays. Oh, Rio, you didn't see it coming, buddy. It could have worked out. It could have been great. It could have worked out. And this is the whole train heist. We're on the the convex and we uh, convey X and we need to uh, go and uh, get whatever's on there. And Han is kind of left in the dark on what exactly we're stealing. It's not important. Just do your job. We're uh, we're getting a whole train car. So there's a great scene, you know, as they're preparing for all this, they're scouting it out. And then the night before they're around a campfire and they're talking about like, oh, you know, Val doesn't trust these kids. And of course, Han and Chewie are sitting right there. And I love Rio's line here. Have you ever tried to disinvite a Wookiee to anything? <laughs> like, no, we're in this already. These guys are part of this. But it's just the way he is talking about this. What I'd like to know is, 
why does he know so much about Wookiees? I'd like to know. I'd like, why is he an expert? Maybe he's there with Yoda's Legion trying to fight in the trees. I mean, they seem like they're aboriginal or um, arboreal. Seems like they would be fighting in trees, helping out the Republic. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what it is. They do. They oh, do seem like they can move through trees. Yeah. Maybe that's point. the whole thing. The army's dis, dis, uh, disbanded and he was on Kashyyyk for like a year trying to get off that planet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is backstory I need. That's our head. That cannon. is backstory I need. We All need right, more make about the happen. Freedom Sons. Maybe him and Therm Scissor Punch like <gasps> grew up together. Like, Don't even tease more Therm Scissor Punch. Oh my God. And Therm just missed him. If Rio hadn't died, they would have reunited. <gasps> oh, it's heartbreak. It writes itself. Okay, this isn't real oh, canon, but my it needs gosh. to be. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. Where where was I? Where did I leave off? All right. So now we're the the heist is happening. You know, uh, Rio has convinced Val and Beckett to let uh, Han and Chewie join. Well, I, I'm sticking with that. He was the and, he was the tipping. Well, point he is, and I will them. say one thing is we also see his warmth in that campfire scene because one of the things I really like is like out of all of them, he's like the genuine like. Who's the girl, Han? <laughs> yes, he's very curious about Han personally. And uh, just, I mean, that type of person, when you're that type of person with that type of personality, right, people generally tend to be excited to be around you when you're when yeah. you're an excited person, right, when you're a person who's involved and curious about someone else. And so that's just, you know, making you more endeared to Rio, making him a character you like, just the way that's the same way that Val's, you know, interactions with Beckett and their love for each other coming through in this scene. Yeah. The whole point of all of this is to get you more attached to these characters so the next scene can be more impactful. Right. Right. And that's exactly what we're talking about here with Rio. And that's what these next couple moments are going to be, too, because we're now performing the train heist. You know, uh, everybody's talking and they're happy. It's going well. You know, Rio's up in the ship planning his retirement, as he says. <laughs> and I think Beckett has a line about this is going to be the best day of your life. And this is the best Rio line, I think, in the whole thing. You know, you've never been to a Minoc roast on Nardinia. It's nuts. <laughs> like, uh, this is pretty good, but. I don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, buddy. there there are some pretty good things out there. Um, it's really, really, really good stuff. And uh, you know, up here just planning my retirement, thinking about opening a cantina somewhere warm, but not too warm. So you not know, tattooing. I got that. I got that, Rio. I, I feel that, man. Like Where's Space San Diego? Yeah, like just just the right climate. You know, you don't need an extreme, which is what all these planets seem to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying now, to think, if like, Coruscant and Naboo are the only like just temperate places I think we could think of. Now, if the job had been successful, he could have met up with Therm. Therm could have taken his winnings from the game, which he would have won if Han hadn't needed to be there showing up Lando. Therm would have beat Lando. I know it. I agree. And, right, they could and, have, and if Lando wasn't cheating, that would they, have Well, him. yeah. They could have, well, Therm wouldn't let that happen. He'd take him out outside the, of the, the tank. Clamp. Yeah, give him the clamp. I love that lobster, dude. Yeah, I know. We we all do. We all do. So they could have opened up a cantina together. But alas, it will not be because once again, Emphy's Nest shows up to spoil the party. It's like Emphy's Nest has it out for them, which they do. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Rebellion are the bad guys. They're always messing up stuff for the kind-hearted criminals out there. <laughs> No. Yeah, no, no. Not going to win campaign points on that stance. I, it's, um, no. 
You gotta go with the lawful fascism. No, Listen, it doesn't matter no, that it's fascism. Once problem, you sign it into law, you're stuck. Don't but, rise up against it now. No, your problem is you see people like like Han Solo and Beckett, and you just think all the scoundrels have a heart of gold. Most of them are just insane murderers. <laughs> Most listen, of them are listen, just scum listen, of listen. the earth. It's just the way Bosk was raised. He can't help it that that's Actually, the part of the Bosk, world he's from. Even Bosk, I could say, has a heart of gold. I mean, like he he helped Boba Fett get like going. Like that's true. He's a pretty good. That's guy. true. No, no. Most of them I say are just heartless monsters, or or like Dengar. Dengar is just here for the money. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. He's not here for your politics. He <laughs> needs a new head wrap. It's it's all about the goods for Dengar. It's high fashion. Do you know how much how many massages it takes to even deal with this head crink? Okay, like you know, it's not fun and games over here. Okay, life's hard. Boy, all I can hope is that these bounty hunters find happiness. You know, I I want these criminals to find that retirement that suits them. You know, you don't want to go out in a blaze of glory, as Rio's going to teach us here. I was going to say, uh, yeah, as we speak of happy endings, back at the conv- uh, at the uh, train, uh, basically they have to deal with Emphis Nest trying to break their tow cables as they're trying to use their lifter to rip this uh, train car yes. off and hold on So to as it. Rio is trying to keep the load lifter steady, one of the marauders, as they are called here, uh, jumps into the ship, right, grabs onto the loading uh, platform kind of area, climbs up. Uh, Rio is ready with a slick move with both his blasters. Really, really good. The CGI here looks amazing. Love it. Takes out the Marauder, but unfortunately takes a shot to the shoulder, basically to his back. Says he's okay, but as Becca quickly points out, not okay. Yeah, I guess the best way to put it is it's through his shoulder. Like, it's clean clean through which yeah. means yeah. and it's one of the maybe it is even the most we've ever seen a close-up blaster shot and how it damages a person in star wars because yeah. like when you look at a blaster bolt like a blaster doesn't move as fast as a bullet like you could hypothetically from far enough away see a blaster bolt because of how bright and big and thick it is right. coming at you and move out of the way right whereas with a bullet that's just not possible so like that's something that i think one people forget about they're not being fired as fast right two when they hit you, it's not a bullet where it's just going in and out or it's hitting you and exploding inside of you. It is literally hitting you and burning a hole inside of you and burning everything it touches. Well, it's like a bullet passes through you, except for the bullet, which does cause some burn from friction. This is all but burn. So, like, you get a nice clean hole and then another, like, couple of millimeters out from there is burned and then your yeah. body tries to fill in the gap and then it gets burned as it does it so it's this greasy black it's not nice it's not it's not good at all it's not good at all so as your insides are literally on fire where you were hit with this blaster bolt well the you know... good news though is they're probably not super painful in the sense that they've cauterized all your nerves instantly so it's is that kinda, true? Do you think? I'd be curious. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's like if you get an eye injury, your eye has no like nerve endings in it at all. You can't feel pain on your eye, but the ones behind your eye are the most sensitive nerve endings in the entire body. Like it's one of those things where I think it burns a hole, and it's all the nervous system around it going like you know error not found. Where did that part of the body go? Mm. And in his case, it's through his shoulder, so all his muscles are going to scream as that arm doesn't want to work anymore. Yeah. 
oh my god, I think it seems like it'd be painful. I don't know. I think it's gotta hurt. I think it's gotta I, I'm be. I'm making just a distinction of I think the actual wound, like if you poked the gray goo inside there, yeah. you wouldn't feel anything. Well, that that's. It, I'm just saying. True. It's the trauma to the body sure. is that what's what's painful there. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so Rio gets shot here. Han is able to get himself up onto the load lifter, get into the co-pilot's chair, and luckily him and Rio are able to have a, a few words, you know, before. Uh, Rio does get in one last little quip here of, you weren't lying, kid, you're a hell of a pilot, which is nice to have that validation, that sort of handoff moment, right, between the old and the new. Yeah. And again, I love that it continues the story of, like, is Han actually a good pilot or is it just boasting? Because Rio, he's a dying man. He just being mean, nice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Just throwing out those compliments, trying to earn those last couple good karma points. One of the things I think is very painful about Rio's death here is he goes through, like, a wooziness I'm not used to seeing in movies where, like, he's getting out of it. Like, he's losing sense of where he is and is fading in a way that like is kind of disturbing. Like he's fallen asleep in the chair and stuff like that. Like as he's trying to hold on to his consciousness, like yeah. it's rough. Yeah, it is. It's a really personal death that we don't typically see much of in star Wars because no. when our heroes have died in the past, right? People who were on the quote unquote good side, right? It's either someone we're not super close to, right, a spaceship explosion or a Jedi who disappears, right? I mean, I guess with the prequels, you have more people getting stabbed and skewered and burned alive and whatnot. But, you know, think an original trilogy. This, this it's, is it's, more, it's, yeah, this is more yeah. of the Lady at Linger, the ones that stung like Order 66. Of yeah, like, yeah. This is not that same, like, quick death thing that we normally get in Star Wars in almost every case. And it's it's really personal. And Rio has the final line of, you know, you know, Val was right. It's no good to die alone, kid. And it's interesting because at this point, Han is fully on board, right? Like he's got his one woman for him. And this is sort of the beginning of that. It's interesting. This is like Rio telling you, if you get into this life, this is what becomes you. You know, you die alone in a bad situation that you don't want, you don't plan for, you don't have right. that retirement you want. And Han still has that woman who he thinks he's going to get away from all this with, right? Right. And it's not until later at the end of this film and, you know, Kira basically essentially shatters his universe and goes away from him that he gets into this life that Rio is trying to warn him out of here. And it's really, really great placement here. It's really, really great character development in writing to at the sort of end of this first act, this really packed first act. Yeah. To have this really poignant death of Rio and this really big character moment for well, Han expressed in this moment. And the, the other thing I like about it is not only is it a warning to Han, but it's also sort of this weird, like, um, admission of like, yeah, you don't want to die alone, kid. Secretly, I'm very happy you're here, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's a really, really fair point. Yeah. Normally, Rio would be alone up there in the ship. Yeah. So he pilot. gets the chance to kind of have final words, one final little connection with a person before he passes on. That's a really, really good point and something I didn't really even think about. You're right. I also don't think it's the person he would have chosen, but. <laughs> but he, you know what? Rio's the kind of guy who's just happy. He's just happy someone's there. He's just happy to be here. Yeah. It's a shame that a no name uh, Enfy's Nest member took him out. But it is what it is. You know, Re Modern needed number four that death in that moment for his character and story. 
something tells me that if it hasn't, by the time we get a few years on, that that character will have a name. <laughs> you know what? Because Emphis Ness has had more development. Her, her, yeah, her and the Cloud Riders. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there's a maybe single season Emphis Ness show at some point. You know. Uh, just a rebel well, cell show. Hey, if you watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier, then you real already know that that gal can play terrorism. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is it? Eco terrorist. Kaylee something. I don't remember her name, but good actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, oh boy, I'm not. Never mind. I'm not going to try it. Don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yes, great actress. Absolutely. Um, so when I looked up real quick, uh, yeah. the Ardenians and oh, please. Up, yes, first appearance is our, our boy Rio and Solo, but have been slowly infiltrating the galaxy and being more widespread as time has gone on. They've shown up in some of the comic books. Uh, they're in the High Republic. Uh, one of the crew members of the Legacy Run is an Ardenian. Really? Uh-huh. Which I was like, I don't remember that. I feel like I should have remembered that. Yeah, I, I feel like I would remember that too, but I don't. Okay, fair enough. Need to go back. I still... <sighs> have not finished into the dark, but anyway, I'm not going to lambast on that here right now. All right. But it's, um, it's an interesting thing adding to the tapestry of star Wars. Great character. Yeah. Um, I like Rio a lot. I think Rio's a, for, for the short, you know, the candle that burns twice as bright. <laughs> um, I, I like how much of an impact he is. Cause I mean, I mean, realistically he's one in the movie for 10 minutes. Like when you yeah. really break it down. Yeah, probably. Like, like, um, but makes an impact. He's, he he does. He's great. He's great. I mean, I think he is a character that I mean, I love this little bit we get of him in the comic. He's really personable in that too, and I really, uh, really hope we get to see some more one day. I mean, every time you think a character is done, we won't be seeing that character again. They pop up in some bad batch, so you know I, anything could happen. And Favreau's always up for a cameo, so. You never know. Oh, yeah. He's easy to get into a booth. He's always around. <laughs> he doesn't go home, that guy, I hear. I, you know. It's like when he wants to take a vacation, eh, he just makes chef instead. When he first talked about the fact that he was playing Rio and editing and directing uh, The Lion King while making The Mandalorian, he sounded like a very tired man. So <laughs> I think there is a period of time where that he yeah. just lived at Burbank. So It's like if you have someone cook all your meals. I, I don't know. That just you got a lot of time back. <laughs> No, people who work that much are crazy. I don't understand it. But hey, if you're going to keep making Star Wars and voicing Star Wars, go for it. Right. All right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about Rio, right? I think we should wrap this one up. All right. Another Star Wars story comes to an end. Yep, we're putting the books back on the shelves. We're uh, closing down the browser windows. We're uh, slipping out of our outdoor Crocs into our indoor Crocs. The ones that have the fuzzy the, the insides. Sh- <laughs> that's 
That's right. That's right. You didn't think I knew that about Crocs. That's did very you? funny. I love that. I don't own Crocs. I know uh, you do. <laughs> I I do, but I I recently learned, like over the last like three or four months, that like they're fashionable back in a way that. So I only have ever owned two pairs. And I've always worn them for like yard work, like they're that type Gardening, of shoe, which is what they yes. were invented for. Yes, and like around the house, like going down into our dirty basement, like those types of things. That's what house I wear shoes. them for. Yes, or like if I'm standing on my feet for a long time, like cleaning or cooking or whatever, that's where I wear them, and they're great for that. But I never thought about going out into the world in them. And then recently, some of our coworkers have started coming to work in Crocs. And apparently, this is a thing. Like, people do this. And maybe I'm just being an old man, but I think this is great. I because now you... I'm going to order some yellow Crocs. Okay. And I'm going to try wearing them out in the real world and see what happens. All I know is uh, the last story about Crocs I really enjoyed was the DJ for um, the Oscars was wearing golden Crocs, and I thought that was pretty rad. Okay. That's a person who's going to be on their feet all night. They're, if someone they're not the... sitting down eating cocktails like the rest of y'all. <laughs> all they right. have to work if for a If someone living. at the Oscars is wearing Crocs, then I'm going to believe that it's possible for me to buy Crocs and wear them out in the real world. The question, I thought Crocs were dead in like 2007 or whenever. Is, like, is the world getting more accepting of Crocs or are we just getting just lazier? I was going to say more dead inside and don't care. You have See, clothes on. That's already an improvement I, over what our expectations are. Now my mindset of it is more of like, oh my gosh, this shoe of the future that is easy to make. That is not some like, oh, there's only 20 pairs and it's $600 if you want to get them. Oh, I'm right? sure they're a limited edition Crocs. Well, but it's a $50 shoe or whatever. They're simple. They come in every size. So even when you have giant feet like me, you can get them, right? Yeah. And they come in every color. They're, so they're super open. They're super accessible. I love May the I idea that we're all you. just going... To like a basic, simple thing. May I introduce you to the Tuck Chuck Taylor All Star? Has been continually made since like yes. 1927. Yes, it works. It's a design that is time tested, proven, and relatively worst expensive. Shoe to stand around all day in. That is your opinion. I love my Chuck T's. And uh, your feet don't kill never. after a day in those. No, but I'm also Man. I'm also like a never nude when it comes down there. Like sure, the, the amount of times I go barefoot can be counted in minutes a year. Sure. I, I hate being barefoot. Oh, so. and I am quite the opposite. See, that's the other appeal of getting Crocs is it's now summer out here. It's getting warm. And uh, I could just go sockless every day, which is the goal. There's got to be Star Wars cross promotion, right? The little like charms you could put in the holes or yes, something. Yes, I have some. I've never used them because that's another thing. I always thought those were silly. But I received them well, as a are, gift, but... like, I don't know, 15 years ago or whenever, when I got my first pair of, they were Pittsburgh Penguin-themed Crocs. Okay. Uh, and I got them, and I received those things, but I never put them on the shoe because I thought they were silly. But now, maybe I'm reevaluating. <laughs> maybe I'm reevaluating. evaluating My brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they had Crocs. My little three-year-old nephew, he had little three-year-old Crocs. And my, uh, my, my best friend's uh, wife is quite the fan of Crocs. So that's another person in the pro category, is what you're saying. I, yeah, and I think uh, I think Chris also ha- has a pair, but that's more through yeah. osmosis than. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pull the trigger today. Get the get because you're, you're walking around Crocs. Well, I need a new pair of shoes, right? I need a new pair of shoes to stand around all day in. Okay. 
but they're like like a pair of athletic shoes, like the ones I wear, they're like 160 bucks. I, I just bought new Nike shoes. I yeah, have, you I have, understand. I, they're I have expensive. no skin in this game. Oh, God, yes. It's stupid. They shouldn't be. So anyway, I found another pair of shoes. And like, oh, I could try out a new pair. Because like the last three pairs of like work standing in shoes I bought, same, like three pairs. Like my last three pairs all been the same shoe, different years, but same shoe, right? Yeah. This year, I'm like, well, I did find another new shoe that I could try. It was like on sale for $100. But why not roll the dice on a pair of $50 Crocs, and if they don't work out, I still have a pair of Crocs that I can use for other things. And now to your point, maybe get some Star Wars uh, jang, jingle jangle, uh, bl- what do they yeah, call bling, bling, them up bling, with, uh, bling yeah. yeah, bling them up with some yeah, Star I Wars. Could, I could bling them up. See, Boy, I really still... do sound old today, see, don't this I? Is, this is definitely very oh, much connecting God. to Star Wars content. I brought it back around. Yeah, uh, in our five minutes of crock talk here. Listen, um, listen. This is what the outro is for. I just want to let people know that this, the the green room stuff, the the before we turn the mics on, this is pretty much it. This is what we do. This is yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. I mean, really, this is it, isn't the, it? The, we go on these long winded tangents about things that don't matter. Yeah. And go, oh, we we're here to record the podcast, aren't we? Yeah, we, and that's and that is how the magic is made, people. So, Star Wars, what's going on? Uh, we recently had our local uh, Pittsburgh Steel City Con is back ah, yes. after a year and a half Conventions or whatever. Are a thing. Yeah, it's back, and I'll be honest with you, I go every time that we normally have it. I think what four times a year, three or four times a yeah. year. And uh, I, I have gone every time for the last couple of years, basically since I went once. And a friend of mine and I, we go, and uh, we're normally there about half an hour before doors open. We get a parking spot really close to the entrance, like in the main parking lot. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Um, well, we arrived this time, uh, and it was packed. I was worried it was a bad celebrity lineup. I was worried it was going to be empty. You know, people were still worried about COVID. Like, this is like, they're just getting back into the swing of it. Like, I thought vendors would be empty. Like, I thought it would be dead. No, quite the opposite. I had to park far away. I had to walk. I had to wait in lines to get in, and it was great. The busiest Friday I'd ever been there. Got a lot of Black Series, uh, picked up a couple of Galaxy's Edge figures, got the Rex and the Honda that I was missing, uh, picked up a couple of other stragglers. Like, I still didn't have a Mace Windu. That was the oldest one I was missing at this point. Mm. So I had, a, had some good success. Also managed to pick up something we had talked about on a previous episode of Star Wars All In. Ooh. So... If you remember, we talked about Star Wars Micro Machines yes. when we talked about Action Fleet. Um, this was early on. It's a while right? ago. This is a while ago, it feels like. And we talked about there was a crossover promotion between Micro Machines, Action Fleet, and Star Wars Publishing. So there were a few books made, uh, or a few of these made, and so they are Micro Machine sets in packaging that looks like a Star Wars, what is now a Star Wars Legends novel. Yeah, it's kind of got the gold bands at the top and bottom. And... Absolutely. Now, I found at my local con the Jedi Academy Volume 1 version of this. But not only that, it's in great shape. Not only that... It is a foreign language version made by Galoob, which, if you don't know, has been manufacturing uh, international Star Wars toys in yes. general 
uh, for a very, very long time. I don't even know if they still are because this thing is probably 20 years old at this point. Um, but it's really, really cool. And to find this in person, so I now have, from basically my favorite Star Wars Legends <laughs> novel set, um, I have a Micro Machine, Kip Duran, and Sun Crusher, which is huge. I absolutely love it. An incredible find. And definitely, uh, besides maybe my Episode 1 uh, holiday gift tags, this is maybe <laughs> the coolest thing I've ever found at our local con. So really, really great. A great way to start it off. Uh, next one is coming up very, very soon in August. So hopefully uh, by then I'll report back. The next thing on my radar is the uh, – if I don't have a regular Cad Bane Black Series by then, I'm going to be save up and I'm going to buy the uh, Cad Bane Black Series uh, convention exclusive that comes with the Toto. Good, good. So good. that's the plan for the August that I'm going to be after. Maybe a one and done with that purchase. So we'll see what happens. I'm glad to hear you're being responsible with your money. I'm not being so, but... Well, I'm trying to say for celebration, you know, I'm going to get a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I'm going to get, hopefully, a tattoo. So I'm saving. I'm trying to be good. Trying. To, I went on a budget. Didn't spend a ton of money. It was good. I bought a mini-disc player. Why? Why? Because Why? I've always wanted a mini-disc player. No. <sighs> Mac... But right now, I have a bid in for an episode one uh, album release. Oh, okay, worth it. Never mind. Uh, we'll see if it if it can see. It's still Star Wars related content. Um, oh, we'll see if it that. plays out. But like, um, don't be me. Like, you know what's cool about technology? Touching it for about ten minutes and then going, I should probably sell this. <laughs> uh, that's that's I. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, I love that you did that. I can't wait to see it. Um, uh, that actually sparks my mind of something else I saw at con for only $40. If I hadn't been on a tight budget for celebration, I would have bought it was in the shrink wrap. Still the episode one, uh, movie that came with the art book, mm. you know, we both had it. Yep. It's had like that postcard of then one. Yeah. In it. Yep. A brand new one in packaging. Ooh. I should have bought it 40 bucks. I didn't want to take the time and. We were busy. It was a busy day. It was crowded. I didn't want to take the time and look up You'll be you back know, what those August. go for. You can see but where. darn it, was it nice to see in person. I wanted it bad at the same this booth. That's why museums are awesome. Because you can go see this stuff but not have to own it. It's I great. know. If only there was a Rancho Obi-Wan on the East Coast. They should start Rancho Obi-Wan. I'm sure great collectors could start that. that. Who's, do you, who's think, do you think who's... something like that is business viable? Like if I went. And I and I contacted like eight collectors in the area, and I said we're going to open up a pop up Star Wars collecting museum in downtown mm. Pittsburgh for a month over the summer. We rent a space, right? We set up a big I museum. We get, hire curators. I think to you do get tours. what they call um, those like um, uh, what do they call them? Roving museums, where yeah. like you come to cons and show stuff off. Yeah, but I don't think you can make a permanent like or like a I don't. I don't see you getting a building. I think that's sure. unique to St Steve. But sure. especially because what I'd really like to see is the Smithsonian has a lot of great Star Wars stuff they bring out of the closet every once in a while. Just make, just make a small room that's just Star Wars permanent collection. Oh, that would be cool. Because they be got, cool. they've got the goods. <laughs> uh, when I was a child, so this would have been like maybe the year 2000, mm -hmm. uh, in Chicago, there was a temporary pop-up star wars museum type thing yeah uh that had all official you know it was like a very 
big official thing. And I would love to know what that was. Like, my parents don't really remember, like, what it was or where it was. But, like, it was a big, like, I remember it was, like, at, like, a real museum. Like, it was a big thing. And I'd love mm-hmm. to know what that was that I attended. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a common thing. Like, even our own science center, which has a very nice replica of C-3PO in it, in the it robotics does, yes, section. It does, um, Always had, like, it was the second floor was revolving, yeah. like, at all times. That's where we've gotten, like, the, the bodies exhibit came through there yeah, and stuff for like sure. that. Well, we're getting a, into a lot of nitty-gritty about local stuff today in this outro. This is a fun one. Yeah, no. This is what happens when hey, while fans we're here, pick E3 the announced that uh, Fallout 76 is going to have new content of The Pit, which is our hometown in a post-apocalyptic nightmare Are world. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? No, yeah, they're going to The Pit, which no. is their version of Pittsburgh. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's fun. It is fun. Oh, They man. had a taste of it. It was an expansion pack for Fallout 3, I think. But, it, I mean, it's 2021. It sounds like it's going to be much bigger, much more exhaustive, so... I'm stoked about that. There. Now all your nitty-gritty East Coast, Western Pennsylvania goodness. <laughs> That's what's going on in our lives. Let's talk about the show. Um, so the show, this week, people voted for Rio. We we did a little impromptu, just a two-day poll. It was kind of uh, out of the blue. We didn't really have a character or anybody picked for this week or any topics. Sure. And so I just threw up a couple. You know, we, we said earlier we threw up some that – we thought would be good that we hadn't done yet some bigger characters, but surprise, surprise, the small character Rio won out in a landslide. Uh, well, not really a landslide, but it seemed that way. Handily, handily. Yes. And uh, it was great. We had a ton of fun talking about him today. And since it went so well, we are going to do the same thing. So here's what I have planned. For the next three weeks, each week, mm-hmm. there will be a different poll on our Star Wars Twitter. So Star Wars All In on Twitter, if you search that, should come right up. Twitter.com slash Sway, S-W-A-I, should come right up, I think. Um, you can search and vote. Every week, there will be four choices on the poll. And whoever comes in second place will automatically get a spot on the poll the next week as a chance to be voted back in. So Snoke, as our second place recipient this week, will be on next week's poll, along with three new characters who you will have a chance to vote for for next week's episode. Uh, I think my idea is probably I'm just going to throw it up there today or tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, you know, so Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. and then it'll be up for the entire weekend and voting will probably end on Sunday. So that way we yeah. have time to prepare. Sounds good. Sound good to everybody else? Okay. Democracy in action. Democracy. This is how democracy lives. That's what I say. Not to thunderous applause, but to Twitter polls. Tepid, tepid, tepid Twitter voting. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Something new. Something new on Star Wars All In because this is another year of crazy and we're going to do something new. And I'm excited to have you all with us. My name is Mac. And I'm Ross. And until next Wednesday. May the Force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.